you know, we, we talk so much about like, oh, our children are, they're growing and they're learning and they're developing and, and they're figuring it out. And, and all of that is so true. But at the same exact time, like, especially those of us who are, you know, who were first time parents, it's like, we're figuring it out too. Like, we're just like dropped in the fire. Confident Teens podcast, where we talk about life and leadership with teens and their parents. I'm Rachel, and I am doing this alone today. Um, I'm going to have a guest, but kids are not here with me. We had quite an exciting week. Um, Jenna had her wisdom teeth out last week, and then she got dry socket. And then um, Tuesday night, she broke out in this horrible rash, and it got worse on Wednesday. And then uh, we ended up having to take her to the ER because her lips were swelling and her fingers and toes went numb and uh, she her elbows and knees like whenever she walked it was hurting so we spent the afternoon in the ER so she's getting the day off uh, but I know you're gonna love today's episode because Lisa Sugarman is in the house and Lisa is a parenting author a nationally syndicated humor columnist and a radio show host she writes the syndicated opinion column, It Is What It Is, and is the author of How to Raise Perfectly Imperfect Kids and Be Okay With It, Untying Parent Anxiety, and Life, It Is What It Is. And those books are all available on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and everywhere books are sold. She is also the co-host of the weekly radio show Life Unfiltered on North Shore 104.9 FM, which is currently um, on pause, and... She is a regular contributor on Healthline Parenthood, Grown and Flown, Today's Parents, Thrive Global, Care.com, Little Things, and more content now. So she is very prolific. She is also a survivor of suicide loss and is a vocal advocate for suicide awareness and prevention. Lisa lives with her husband and two daughters just north of Boston. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Oh, thanks so much, Rachel. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, so Lisa sent me a digital copy of her latest book so I could make sure she wasn't too crazy before I let her have the microphone, and I loved it. Oh, I'm so glad. It's been getting harder and harder for me to read all the books that our guests have written, but this one I, I read all the way through. Even I even read the introductions and the thank yous. <laughs> oh, that's a lot. That's, that is way more than the average person does. <laughs> I'm like, you're just so funny. Um, <laughs> thank you. And you do that. truly have a gift of helping us see the beauty of the everyday moments, but also the commonality of what we're all experiencing as parents and how to kind of get off the crazy parenting bus. Yeah, yeah, I think we, we all tend to forget, or at least I was definitely guilty of really just kind of sitting in it and forgetting that everybody around me was also sitting in some version of whatever I was sitting in. And so it, it just became so obvious to me that uh, we, we all needed a reminder because it, it's it's too easy to forget that, you know, we're, we're all out there, you know, kind of dealing with the same stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, I was reading, I'm thinking this... 
this book should be handed out to new parents at the hospital. Kind of like, you know, like the field guide they give to soldiers when they're going into battle. I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, that's Here. the greatest endorsement. You have to write a review and say that because that's the greatest review I've ever gotten. Because, like, it's really scary how we just let parents just go out there and be parents and they have no clue what they're doing. Yeah, it's um, true. It's true. And I talk about that a lot, actually, just in, in, in general conversation with people about the fact that, you know, we, we talk so much about like, oh, our children are, they're growing and they're learning and they're developing and, and they're figuring it out. And, and all of that is so true. But at the same exact time, like, especially those of us, are, you know, who were first time parents, it's like, we're figuring it out too. Like, we're just like dropped in the fire so it's like the playing field, I think, is pretty level in that way. Yeah, it's like um, you, you don't really know what to ask. And, and I think you don't really know until you're past what you should have done back then. <laughs> right, right. That's right? the whole... Like, man, I should have hind- done that. Right, hindsight is twenty twenty. That's what that is. Right. So I like this book because it, it's... it's helps you see that you don't have to get sucked into the trying to be a perfect parent with a perfect kid. No, and no matter what stage you're in, this book has a lot of good nuggets. Like if kids are little, it's got good nuggets. If your kids are teenagers, it's got good nuggets. And I know you don't claim to know everything about parenting. <laughs> oh, I, kn- I know like next to nothing about parenting, to be honest with you. I'm like fly. My kids are almost 22. My youngest will be 22 next week and my oldest will be 25 next month and I'm still flying by the seat of my pants with this whole thing you yeah. know because um, it's look, we're all that work in progress and you know it's it's fluid parenting is, is so fluid it's like um, some of us old, parents who have kids who are older it's like you just think we know what we're doing but <laughs> oh it's total smoke and mirrors that's that's the whole the whole thing is all smoke and mirrors actually that's not totally true we do know yeah. some stuff no we um, do we do you're right we do uh, but we could probably spend months breaking down all the different concepts in the book. So I've had to kind of struggle to narrow down which ones I want to cover. Um, but why is it why is it so important that parents give themselves and their kids permission to screw up? You know, I've I've talked so much about this in the last several years, um, especially since the book came out. I, I mean, that that's really the whole premise for the book is is giving ourselves permission and and the ability to do that it's you know it's because when when you you set yourself up with this this crazy unrealistic expectation that you're always going to make the right decisions and your kids are always going to do the right thing and they're always going to behave at the right time and and they're going to say and do what they need to say and do it's you know it's it's completely a myth and it's you know any of us who've had kids knows that anything that could possibly go wrong at the absolute worst time is a thousand percent going to go wrong at the exact time that you don't want it to go wrong. So it's almost like, you know, to, to go into it ahead of time and give yourself that freedom to accept those imperfect moments for what they are. Um, and it also, at the same time, accept that those imperfect moments that didn't go the way you planned or your kids planned could absolutely end up being the greatest thing that ever happened to you if you're just open to it. And, you know, there's there's so much stress associated with with parenting in general. Like, forget about the new parent that's, that's you know, 
freaking out about you know how much their kid is eating or how much their kid is sleeping. You've got the older parents who are freaking out that their kids are driving and they're going to college. And so there's just like a constant freak out that happens across <laughs> the spectrum of parenthood. But at, at the same time, it's like that's heavy enough to carry. So why why would we be layering on top of that the this false notion that that you know we can't make mistakes like it's not a perfect world we're going to screw up it doesn't matter if you're a parent if you're you know in a relationship if you're working you know for a corporation like whatever it is in your life that you're doing you're never going to skate through it without right. screwing up and and yeah. sometimes in those screw ups are the very best nuggets of resilience and gratitude and appreciation that we can find and and is when we allow them to happen we can kind of siphon through the crappy stuff and find the nuggets that are inside yeah i think social media has made this so much harder because oh, you're comparing yeah. yourself to everyone else's perfect world. Yep. You know, their perfect facade that they're throwing up. <laughs> I'm glad you said facade because that's exactly what it is. And that's, you know, that's the real smoke and mirrors. Like, when you talk about someone's social media world, you're talking about, like, like a half a percent of what that person's life really is. And so few people are actually putting the truth out there in what they're saying and, and what they're showing. So it's so perfectly curated for some people that it's like, it's laughable to think that like, that's really somebody's life because it's not like, it's just, it's just not. Um, and it's hard because, you know, you see all these parents who are like super isolated with their little, little kids and they're maybe not out in the mainstream as much because their kids are younger and they're not in school yet. So they're not socializing yet. and all they're doing is sitting around looking at all the other parents who are like perfectly dressed and they've got the you know the the Pinterest life and they've got dinner on the table and it's like that's all curated it's 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 one percent of the time so it's yeah. put a lot of pressure on people that they were probably all screaming at each other right before <laughs> right 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 exactly <laughs> exactly yeah yeah I remember you know it's it's like every stage is so different. So I remember being, you know, when they're newborn and you're like, this is so hard. And then they're toddlers and you're like, this is so hard. And then they're like teenagers and you're like, this is so hard. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, you're learning as you go. So just give yourself some grace. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's it. Cut yourself some slack. And, um, you know, my, my, um, my wonderful co-author Deb Gansenberg who's a licensed uh, psychotherapist here in the Boston area with me who was a contributor to, to my, my most that most recent book that you read um, would always end our radio show because we did this radio show together for so many years and she would always end it the same way and she would say be gentle to yourself and it was such a simple statement but it was so incredibly powerful and so true because we don't often enough give ourselves that grace that you're talking about right yeah um, and that, we, we that give other people freedom. oh we give totally. other people way more yeah uh grace than we give ourselves yep we absolutely uh, do so why is the power of positivity every parent's seeker weapon oh because you've got choices like we've we all have choices 
and and in how we receive what the world gives us, how we put out into the world what we have to put out there. And, you know, when, when you kind of, I, I don't want to say bubble wrap yourself in positivity because that's unrealistic too. Like you can't always be positive. You can't always be, um, you know, in, in, in that centered and grounded frame of mind. Like life happens and we get rattled and, um, and it happens. But as often as we can, if we can lean into the positivity in a situation and put that out there, that's just going to make things an awful lot easier yeah. for ourselves, um, you know, and, and for our kids, because there's a, there's a huge trickle-down effect with that. If our kids are seeing us anxious and wound up and frustrated at, at, at our work life, at yeah. our home life, at whatever it is, then, you know, there's, you know, there's like a secondhand smoke effect with that in a sense they're they're going to pick that up and that's going to contaminate them and then that's that's what they're going to lean into and on the other hand if if you intentionally are in a situation that could go either way and you lean into that positive side that's only going to benefit you and it's only going to keep your head clear and it's only going to make the outcome a little bit better and we have the power to do that like we can't control what happens around us. I can't control what you say. I can't control what you do and vice versa. But we 1000% can control how we receive it and what we do with it and how we put it back out there. And if and if we're trying to, to do that in a positive way, then um, chances are the outcome will be a much healthier one. I had an experience uh, along these lines the other day. Um, I was talking to our eight-year-old uh, about doing chores, how he needs to do his chores. And he was like, he doesn't think he should have to do chores. He's like, I don't love them like you do. And I'm like, why do you think I like to do them? <laughs> you know, just because I don't complain and I don't make a fuss about it. I mean, you know, just because I smile, when I, that doesn't mean I'm like, I love scrubbing the toilet. I tried right. to explain this to him like, you know, I could be miserable about it, but that really doesn't help. But he still thinks that I should have to do it because I, I like it more. But <laughs> Of course, of course. Maybe you should hum less when you do it. Like, <laughs> don't smile you know, as big. You know, thinking back to, like, different jobs I, I had when I was younger, uh, you know, I, I, pretty much every job I had, I, I, I liked it. I liked the people I worked with. You know, there's always one or two difficult people that you have to work with. But then I'd see other people work in the same job who complained about everything about the job and they complained about their last job and the job before that. So, you know, it's pretty much a trend, you could tell. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's true. What, what, you, what you focus on is what you're gonna see. And, and it's just kind of generational. Like, if you see a parent who's like that, their kids are probably like that too. Well, yeah, but it's, it's you know, it's, there's, there's a, a modeling issue that's happening within our families they you know we're we're the ones modeling and our kids are picking that up and our kids are imitating and you know and and it's it's environmental to to a point enough enough so that it has an impact for sure and chances are good if you're the type of parent that's going to scream and yell at your kid you're probably going to raise a kid that's going to scream and yell at their kids and, and, and you know and, and it, yeah. it just um you know i think it just follows that pattern 
Hey guys, just jumping in here to make a quick announcement about some changes to our podcast. We've decided to change our podcast schedule. A lot of the past few years we've been dealing with COVID and for a period there was not as many extracurricular activities, but it's gotten to the point where it's getting hard to juggle everyone's schedule trying to find time during the school year to record with sports and lessons and school. And the summer's pretty busy for us too because both you and Jenna are working this summer at Camp Out of Town and you're going on the Appalachian Trail. So we have decided to make our podcast season run during the school year. During the summer, we're still gonna be doing our recordings, but building up a margin and getting ahead because we don't wanna burn ourselves out and we need time to work on other projects. Actually, Hudson and I are gonna be working on a book. Right, Hudson? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're not gonna totally leave you alone. We'll still be posting in the Facebook community and we have an awesome summer skills challenge coming up and we're gonna be running that all summer. It's gonna be fun. If you do the challenges and post pics, you'll be entered into drawing for a gift card. And if you want, oops. If you want more info, go to RaisingConfidentTeens.com slash summer. We'll put that link to that. Hang on a second, because I think when you messed up, you got it too close together. So can you like back up one sentence? Okay. Um, It's going to be fun. If you do the challenges and post pics, you'll be entered into a drawing for a gift card. If you want more info, go to RaisingConfidentTeens.com slash summer. We'll put the link to that in the show notes. All right, back to the interview with Lisa Sugarman. You talk about your child's EQ um, versus their IQ, which I, I think is becoming something that we're becoming more and more aware of uh, in, in general that we need to cultivate. Can, can you explain that a little bit more, what, yeah. what their EQ is? Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite things to talk about, as a matter of fact, that and positivity. So everybody understands, because it's so mainstream, the concept of your IQ. It's that that's your intelligence quotient. It's how you perform academically. It's how you perform on a test, how you can kind of, you know, regurgitate material, things like that. And, and so that's been in the mainstream forever. And of course, when, you know, kids are progressing through school and they're going off to college, you know, big, big focus on, on your, your IQ and your grades because those correspond. And what, what psychiatrists and psychologists and, and the, you know, the experts have determined over the years is that there's, there's another quotient that people didn't really consider as much that's become way more of a mainstream consideration now and it's your your eq which you don't hear as much about but it's it's you're you're hearing about it a lot more and that's your emotional quotient and it's really basic basic and simple um instead of it being you know how book smart you are it's how well can you have a conversation with someone? How can you look somebody in the eye? Can your kids look someone in the eye when they talk to them? Can you be empathetic? Can you be sympathetic? Can you can you collaborate well? Can you, it's your people skills is the way to break it down in right. a very simple way. And, and what so much research has determined now is that people are going even further with a higher EQ than they ever did with a high IQ because not not to not to you know negate or diminish in any way how important you know that the academic pieces and the ability to you know to learn and you know and and um, you know and study and take tests and all those things that are so important that's important but where does that leave you if you're someone who might be insanely book smart and then all of a sudden you get you know, you graduate from the school and you 
get the great job and now you can't interact with people. You can't collaborate with people. You can't um, function in, you know, in an environment with, with your peers because you don't have those social skills. That's putting you at a huge disadvantage and the scales are not going to be tipped enough just because you're smart, just because right. you got great SAT scores. Um, so, you know, I, I joke about it a lot, especially in the book, and I say, if someone said to me, okay, you can only pick one. Do you want a kid with a high IQ or a kid with a high EQ? There is not a second that I would hesitate, and I would say, give me that kid with the high EQ, because you can teach someone almost anything over time and right. with effort. But those emotional skills that allow you to be a good human being and a good friend and a good partner and a good coworker, like, that's a lot harder to teach. That's a lot of that is is kind of how you're hardwired, and um, you know, and it, and, it, and it can take you an awful long way. So it's I, you know I, I think it's incredibly invaluable as yeah. a as a life skill. And I think you kind of have to teach it when they're younger. Cause oh yeah, they get set yeah. in their ways. Yeah, and then they don't want to change. Right. But right. Would resilience would resilience be part of your EQ? Definitely, yeah. definitely, and that you know. That, that just kind of moves us into a, an, another chapter, and it may be a chapter you wanted to talk about or it may not be, but it, it, it kind of slides right into the chapter about you know, giving your kids responsibility and letting your kids fail. Right. Um, because when we do that, that's, that's the number one most effective way to create resilience and help yeah. build that resilience when you know, you've got a child who's, who's challenged to navigate a situation, and how well can they navigate it when, when we swoop in and we solve the problem or, you know, or, or fix the situation? We can't ever expect that they're going to learn how to do that on their own. So, um, yeah, resilience is definitely a huge... Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of letting kids fail. Yeah, um, that sounds bad, but but no, um, it's not. It's, it's actually not. It's the opposite of bad. It's yeah, very it very is. good and yeah, necessary. I remember I was so afraid of failing when I was a kid, and it took me a long time to get over that. And then um, back when we built our house, we learned so much about failure because we were kind of backed into a wall, and we had to we had to figure it out. And that was where my biggest growth happened when I became willing to fail and and fig and just get up and figure it out you know try again and try again um so i'm always like when my kids come to me with problems i'm like i'm always like huh that's that stinks what you gonna do to solve it right right yeah <laughs> and let them think about it sometimes they can come up with ideas i never even thought of yeah that's right and, and you know what there's you know there's a lot to be said especially when our kids are young there's a lot to be said for collaborating with them and working together to figure something out or prompting them or you know kind of giving them a little bit of guidance like that's our job that's important but at some point we kind of have to turn the wheel over to them and let them figure it out because yeah. there will come that point where we're not down the hall or we're not living in the same town and all of a sudden they're faced with a situation that they're completely ill-equipped to deal with because they've never had to deal with it before and they've, they, they don't know the first thing about what, what they're doing. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it's in their best interest to let them 
experience those failures. And, and, and you know, you look at the kids. This is another real, real legitimate reason why I wanted to write this book in the first place, is that, I, you know, I was working in the school system for so many years, um, you know, like almost a decade and a half, and I was seeing all these parents just like helicoptering in and bulldozing in and taking care of um, every little thing for their kids, their projects, their 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 issues with their friends, their issues with their coach, and and when kids did have a situation that they had to deal with, they completely fall to pieces. They they yeah. didn't have the skills and they weren't resilient and they didn't know the first thing about helping themselves and and it, it got it's like it felt like it was a kind of like an epidemic level because um, way more kids didn't know what to do than did um, and and stepping aside and letting them figure it out and champion for themselves is um, the best thing yeah. you can do. You have to get to the point where you don't care how it's going to make you look, right? So, like, my kids, I, you know, it's, it's well known that I put my kids on salary and they start handling their own budget when they turn teenagers. And they get, you know, clothing. They, they're, they're responsible for their own clothes. And, you know, I have one kid that hates to spend money on clothes. And, you know, he probably wears pants that are... You know, showing too much of a socks because they're too short, and yes, yes. and I'm like thinking people probably think that I don't buy my kids clothes, and I'm like, you know, that's, you know, I know my kids are taken care of. I know he's got money if he would spend it. Yeah. You know, um, I but love you have that to you do that. I absolutely love that you do that. Um, I mean, the lessons that they're learning by by being able to to take care of that particular responsibility, like. They'll take that with them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, yeah. You have to. You have to realize that you know you. You can't let. The the way you want to appear, influence how you want your kids to turn out. Right. Exactly. Right. And and it's. I'm really glad that you said that, and I'm I'm glad you said it the way that you said it, because, it it's it's really I think at the end of the day. So much about ego. It's so much about parents being embarrassed that their kid isn't playing the sport they wanted them to play at the level that they wanted them to play it, or isn't part of the popular crowd, or you know doesn't um, you know doesn't get the same grades that the next door neighbor's kid gets. I mean, it's it's all those things, or doesn't get to go to their alma mater when they go off to college. I mean, it's I think so much of how parents are parenting has way more to do with how they feel about what their kids what it looks like their kids are doing than what's actually best for their kids and that's sad yeah I, and I think that's a real struggle because I struggle with some of that too because everybody you know, does I was raised in a very um, you do what I say you know that's what every all the parents were like back then you know you had no voice yeah. um, and I find myself you know, wanting sometimes to be like, you do what I say because it's, <laughs> right, right. you know, when I know that's, that's not necessarily, it's not even like, why does it have to be that way? I don't even really know why, you know, I, I, right. it's not even a really good reason. Sometimes it's a good reason that I, you have to do what I say, but sometimes it's just like, I just want you to do it because I said, you know, yeah. it's just like a power thing, you know, and I'm like, why am I like this? You know, 
Yeah, um, we've all we've all had those moments for sure. So so you know you talk about a lot about your observations from the school system. Um, what's something that parents mess up a lot that could be easily fixed or changed about how they act? It's, it goes exactly hand in hand with what we've just been talking about for the last five minutes. Parents step in and take control way too much, whether it's an assignment. I used to, I, I would see kids coming in with projects and I'm sure you've seen this in your lifetime as a mom. You see people come in, these kids come in with these projects like this diorama or <laughs> some kind of a, you know, some some kind of a, you know, they built something. And it's it looks like it just came out of a museum because right. you knew that like the mom or the dad was like up with the glue gun and the glitter all night long. And, you know, like the table saw doing whatever it is they had to do. And, it, you know, the kid did nothing. And it shows. And I think that parents just step in way too often. I think out of the goodness of their heart, because they don't want their kid to fail, or they don't want their kid to look bad, or they don't want their kid to be, um, you know, to, to, to be feeling badly about themselves or get the bad grade. But um, the easiest thing in the world to do, it's, it's way easier said than done, of course, right. is to just put the responsibility back where it is supposed to be. It's supposed to be on your kid. If they didn't study for the test and they flunked the test, they need to understand why they flunked the test. Do you know what I mean? Like they, right. um, they need to, to go to their teacher themselves on their own, advocate for themselves. What can I do differently? Um, this, I'm stuck, I'm stuck here. Um, can you help me? Or I'm having a problem with so-and-so at recess. Instead of, you know, swooping in on the attack to fix it, we need to back away and, and really kind of plant ourselves on the sidelines. Um, and this is not to say that we should never step in, because we a thousand percent absolutely should, but there are times to do it and there are times not to do it. So that's yeah. that's Especially the, thing that the older they get. They get to be teenagers. They need to know that you trust them enough to know that they can handle themselves. Well, that's it. That's it. And I'm, I'm really glad that you said that that way because that's it's such a truth. Um, when we continue to, to do all these things, that's the byproduct of doing everything for our kids is that they have no self-confidence. Right. The, they don't have the self-confidence, and then they also don't have the confidence... Um, they don't have the belief that we have the confidence in them, so it's um, it can be pretty, it can be pretty damaging for them in the long term. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, you know, I I mean, I, I think that at the end of the day, if if we can just find a way to laugh at the silliness of parenthood a little more often it it gives us a healthier perspective about all the stuff that we're challenged by every day and we'll we'll maybe be able to take it on a little bit easier because we won't have that expectation that everything is you know is is going to be perfect and um you know everyone's going to toe the line and everyone's going to make the right decision. I mean, it, it doesn't happen. So yeah. if we can 
you know, the earlier on as a parent that we can embrace the idea that um, stuff's going to go off the rails and you just kind of, you know, you got to be nimble and you, you got to just, just see where it goes and stick with it and, um, you know, not be afraid to pivot because sometimes when we do that um, and we end up in a place that we didn't expect and we can kind of laugh about it in hindsight, right. um, it, it ends up being one of the best things that's ever happened to us or maybe to our kids. So, um, you know, if, if we can kind of, if we can kind of let go of a lot of the expectations that we have going into it and just, just let it be, just be present, just, you know, be, be willing to, um, you know, be, be willing to adapt um, and be fluid, um, you'll save yourself a lot of pain and suffering as a parent down the yeah. line. Yeah. So where can people find you if they want to hear more? I'm all over the place. Um, <laughs> it's kind of silly. I'm really all over the place when I stop and really think about it. Um, best place to find me is my website. You can just go to lisasugarman.com and you can find out about my books, my column, um, my radio show, wherever wherever I'm going to be. Um, I, I get out and speak whenever I can, whenever people ask me to come and chat. Um, so you can find all of that there. Um, you can find any of my books on my publisher. Uh, their website is familius.com. You can find me um, anywhere books are sold. So you can walk into a Barnes & Noble, you can go on Amazon, um, and all those wonderful little indie bookstores all over the place, they usually have my books. Um, so go support them because they need the love. Yeah, I, I really like your perspective of parenting. It a lot aligns a lot with how we try to teach our kids and other families that we help. Uh, you know, you have to keep in mind this is a long-term goal, and the goal is to have a productive, compassionate, kind, happy adult when you're done. That's so it. that that kind of eliminates a lot of the smaller day-to-day -day comparison stressors. But then it also makes you more aware of what you need to do long term. Right? right, exactly. It's you know what? It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Right. And you're gonna mess up and your kids are gonna mess up and just give yourself grace, give your kids grace. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me, Lisa. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. If you like our podcast, please leave us a review. The more reviews we get, the easier it is for people to find us. Have a great week.